Yo, 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 what up, everybody? Okay, so uh, today's Monday. I think it's March the, uh, looks like the 8th, about 6.30 in the morning. And uh, I'm going to, uh, we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about a couple things here. Uh, let's first start off with the with your, your basic run back, your basic feedback of the COVID. Uh, I think we're doing well. I think shit is starting, people starting to get the vaccine. Um, you know, we're slowly going to come out of this. I can't, I can't wait to get my vaccine. So, uh, I don't know when I'm going to be able to, but hopefully in the next month or two or three, I'll be able to get it. Uh, but with that said, um, as far as the COVID goes, and as far as COVID, I think what we're starting to see now is people are antsy to get things open, antsy to, uh, as I floss my teeth here, antsy to get these restaurants and get back to what things were, but I don't think things are going to go exactly back all the way how they used to be. I think there's still gonna be people wearing masks, and and that's gonna that's gonna stick around for a long time. Cause I, like I, like I used to mention in the past, the Asian community here in Southern California, as I've worked a lot in certain areas, uh, they were on a permit mask even years before even this, and I think that's built into their culture a little bit. It also makes a lot of sense for the smog dust, uh, pollen, allergy season, things of the nature. And you just just don't know who is breathing on you, you know? So the masks are not going away. Not at all. As I'm flossing here and stopped at a red light, uh, yeah, the mask's not going to win. I think the hand sanitizer thing and, and that stuff needs to n- not go away either. Uh, you can't stop germs 100%. You know, but I don't want to touch a shopping cart unless it's been cleaned. Because I don't know who the fuck was touching it. Uh, in your market, stay the six foot six fucking feet away from me too. Uh, at, at minimum. Especially when I'm at places like the bank or, you know, at a restaurant. I don't want to be hearing you chew your fucking steak fucking two feet away from me. Like, nah, you need to get six feet away from me and beyond. Maybe even fucking like 20 feet. That's just how I feel. Uh, but yeah, I think stuff is starting to slowly start coming around now. I think uh, this vaccine is really, really, really kicking in now. It hasn't, we haven't fully gotten the full benefits of it, but it's starting to slowly kick in. And that's, 
much to the chagrin of most, that is Trump's baby. Uh, that's his lasting. I think that's his lasting thing going out the doors. He got a vaccine going and amped up the production of it. And we haven't done much test of it. But the vaccine and the speed of it is... That's Trump. I mean, that might be the only good thing he did. And I think... But I don't think he even wanted to because... I mean, he still don't believe in, in the fucking... The so, quote-unquote, the fucking Chinese virus. And he thought it was going to be over by summertime. And, and I think the intelligence reports told him... It was going to be around for a while, and he blew it off. So, But this vaccine is here. It's something that he set up and we're using now. So, But with all that said, uh, this episode, I'm going to break up hopefully into two or three pieces. Uh, I'm going to talk, not at length, but a good section of what I feel about WandaVision, because it, it ended. Pretty much, I think they're gonna come out with an episode this week. But it, I, I heard it's supposed to be like a behind the scenes or, a, or a, or maybe like interviews. I don't know what they're gonna do. Which I don't mind because the show overall was supposed to be like, you know, kind of like this. It, it they. WandaVision, let me put it this way, WandaVision as a whole was just a comic book adaptation of who the Scarlet Witch was. This wasn't, and how it came to be, and how they, what they're going to do with her going forward, and what they're going to do with Vision going forward. It answered a lot of burning questions that I think a lot of people had for Vision going going into Endgame, and in post-end game. Uh, because I had this conversation with my brother. I was like, you know what? When Thanos ripped the Mind Stone out of Vision's head, I didn't understand why he just completely died because Tony had made the suggestion that he was a complex. He had the Mind Stone. He had Jarvis. He had bits of Tony. He had bits of Ultron. All of that circulating in him. And it would be hard-pressed for me to believe that there wasn't a, you know, like a safe point or, or a, a backup copy of him. Where they could just, they could have just went in, redid his whole head, or rewired his head. Maybe Bruce could have done it. Uh, and then flipped the switch, so to speak, like, to his last save point, which shouldn't have been too far from the events of Infinity War. Um, so I didn't, like, so I had that conversation with my brother, and now that I think about it, that makes a lot of sense what actually happened in the events of WandaVision. Like, the OG Vision pretty much flipped the switch on the old Vision, or the new vision, the old the old vision flipped the switch on the new vision that they rebuilt, and you come to find out that he was that that vision was going to be used as more of a weapon, more of, as a controlled weapon. They had 
locked the files. But Vision had unlocked the files. And I'm assuming we're going to get that version of Vision, which is not going to be the same Vision. But it's not going to be the Vision where how it used to be either. It'll be a different version of Vision. The one that's probably not so attached to Wanda and that's not so attached to probably the Avengers altogether. I see him being more of like more robotic in a sense. Less Vision and more machine. You know, especially with the Mind Stone gone, like he doesn't have the ability to free think. As much anymore, probably be more uh, more synthesoid as it is than than anything. So and, and more calculated. So I, I think we're gonna get that uh, that version of a vision more so than we're gonna get the old vision that actually had more of a human feel to him. So. That's but but at the same time we got the answers to to Wanda a little bit now. See, I have made the suggestion that a lot of her powers are coming from PTSD. I think that was an underlying factor to a lot of this, which was the case with Agatha. Was basically waltzed through her entire past and unlocked all the trauma that led to the hex. But basically, Wanda has been a witch this entire time, but with no training, no, the witch in her was in her since she was a young child, as well as her brother had that, had his uh, speed abilities as well, Petro, but when they went in to go get experimented on uh, during the events of or just before the events of Age of Ultron the this, one of the Infinity Stones kind of more so unlocked the abilities that was in the repressed I think and she began using them, and eventually, with the events of Endgame and Infinity War, you know, her powers were amplified by the chaos happening all around her and her little bit of PTSD. And we get past post, this is post Endgame, obviously. Uh, and as much as the event, as as a lot of the other Avengers, they didn't touch much on, on Wanda's story during Infinity War. And, well, actually, they did a little bit during Infinity War that she had gone close with Vision, you know, and and I like the tie-ins to. I like the tie-in to how they became a couple, and what they were what they were doing. You know, before and after, uh, before Infinity War, and then what she was doing after 
basically, she wanted to see Vision's body. She went to go see Vision's body, and that kind of triggered, you know, all her emotions. And it kind of really amplified her witch abilities, again, to the max. In uh, the Hex is part of her abilities. She basically, you know, basically just fucking her mind exploded and her abilities as well they just boom they just they came to be big abilities so with that said uh wandavision in its entirety it was a little story about her and a little bit about vision and the kids and her becoming instead of wanda maximoff actually now the scarlet witch which i think is phenomenal going forward because if you paid attention to the last episode, and I know a lot of, there was a lot of hype about the last episode and somebody was going to appear, and I actually think there was a subtle, not as big as The Mandalorian, but there is some subtle things going on now that you kind of see. My thing is, and they kind of made it, 100% clear now she is going to have a run in at some point with Doctor Strange uh, there's no there's no two ways about it now I mean they basically they basically uh, that's going to happen I mean that they just that's the route they're going to go and I think they're going to go into the route of who's the better magician, who's the better wizard. Uh, Agatha said she's probably more stronger and crazier than the master of mystic arts, which is basically Doctor Strange. And I don't know how she knew Doctor Strange, but um, I don't think this is the last we've seen of Agatha either. But the Scarlet Witch and, and Doctor Strange are basically going to have a run-in at some point. And I'm not exactly sure if it's going to be Wanda or the Scarlet Witch versus Doctor Strange, or they're going to team up. It's possible that Doctor. It's possible one of them unlocks something that can't be undone, so to speak. They haven't touched into completely what the Scarlet Witch's powers is. But, I mean, they touched a little bit on it in WandaVision. Uh, and her powers are, you know... You already know how strong she is against Thanos. And, and then she had the ability to control an entire city. Which is, I don't know if... Doctor Strange can do. He squared up against Thanos, but he didn't have him beat. Uh, the Scarlet Witch did. She had him beat until he started to rain fire. Um, so they're going to tie in. And, and if you see the last little thing where she was astral projecting and learning all the incantations and everything in the book, um, there's no telling what's in that book. I know my brother was saying that it has the ability to reincarnate people or bring people back from the dead or do many things but we i'm assuming that there's a lot of magical shit in there 
a lot of witchcraft or witchcraft as it is. And I think that in her isolation now that she chose isolation, uh, whenever it is she does pop up, I think she's going to have a run in with Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange is also magical. And then I started looking at the bigger picture. Who else is magical? Loki, who magicaled himself out of a death in Endgame. And you know he's got a series coming up where the fact remains that he probably is also going to have a run-in with him too. And I think what we're talking here is we're going to get probably the right version of the Mandarin soon. And I know that's Tony Stark's deal. But he also had a lot to do with magic. I think we're also going to get uh, a, ma- a magical foe probably down the line. Because now I think they're dabbling a lot of magic. And, and as far as Loki being part of it, you got to also think Thor is a part of it. Um, and I don't know how long Thor is going to actually be part of the Avengers going forward. But I do believe... He's probably... Thor and Banner are probably going to take up the mantle of Iron Man. In the fact that they probably won't have any more movies, but they're going to be in everybody's shit. And that's how I kind of see what's going to happen with Thor. Uh, Thor's easily duped by magic, but he's no stranger to it. Um, And as, as you can tell, he can also summon lightning, so... He's got the same abilities that Loki has. They're both at, you know, they both can do the same magic. So I, I think that's going forward. And I think we're going to take Doctor Strange's movies now is becoming infinitely bigger by WandaVision because I, I think they're going to they're going to have a tussle or a tangle of sorts. Um, and I think Wanda is actually going to become a bigger part now of this multiverse. Doctor Strange's movie is Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness and I know Doctor Doom is lurking around in there somewhere. And he's also a magical uh, motherfucker that optimizes himself, you know, in that sense. So, you know, there's a lot there's a lot that they can take just from bolstering Wanda from being just Wanda Maximoff with reality stone powers or whatever powers she had. And she it better than just shooting red beams out of her hand and controlling objects. That is like a base level. That's how they were using the base level for her throughout the movies. And this just now opened it up. They opened up her everything that she controlled. Well, I mean, I guess in, in Ultron, she was controlling people's minds and, and sending them to different things. But, I mean, this is this amplified now that now she can probably do all kinds of shit. The same shit that Doctor Strange is able to do. Cast different things, look into the future, see alternate realities. I mean, it, it, 
her powers are now limitless. And I think that's great because it, it left a wide open, you know, route for the Scarlet Witch to take. And I think the, the also the other subtle nod was the the scroll is it the scroll or the I think the scroll at the end of WandaVision as well coming out of left field saying hey you belong up there in space and I had long since and that that was something that went back to Captain Marvel that I wasn't sure if the Nick Fury that was on Earth was actually ever Nick Fury because I think Nick Fury's been in space for a long, long, long time. And the Nick Fury down on Earth is just taking orders from the Nick Fury in space. And I think Nick Fury in space is uh, going to play a big role as well. And now he's starting to recruit. You start. I think you're starting to get a little bit more of the scroll. Uh, I like that they just. They went back. They tied that in a little bit too. Uh, to me, that's the bigger theme because now, um, and also Darcy. Uh, Darcy may have some powers now as well. I'm not 100% certain. Uh, the hex is unlocking people's powers, so it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see what's going to happen going forward. But I also, but I think that was a big, a big reveal there too, buddy. Wow, they're going to send her homegirl to space. She's probably going to be part of the bigger picture. She might be Fury's right-hand girl now, post uh, Maria or whatever her name was. But she might be there too. So I think Nick Fury might start, might now be pulling a little bit more strings in past than the past tense. So um, I'm getting to work here. I'm going to. I'm going to get back up on this when I get off work, so bear with me for a quick moment. So, I got a moment here at work, so let me finish up this division talk. Um, so, yeah, I kind of see some big things happening, possibly tying in Loki, Thor, Doctor Strange, Wanda... Going forward, and... and you know, you got to look at some of the magical beings out there. I know I mentioned Dr. Doom, but there's also a number of other magical beings out there. And and I kind of think if we're, we're looking ahead to Dr. Strange's Multiverse of Madness, um, he's going to need help. I don't think because the multiverse is big. It's just as big as... You know, he went and saw 14 million alternate. I mean, that's just part of the multiverse. Things that happen in one can all alternate what happens in the other and then vice versa. And also, you know, he's got the time stone. And see, that the, to me, that was something I hinted at, at my bro when I was texting him. I was like, you know what? He's got the time stone. And Wanda has the ability to also kind of like re reincarnate people, sort of. And I kind of feel like that's a deadly combination. 
she can revert. I mean, and possibly bringing back the OG Vision in such a way. Um, and I know she started her family and all that, and she wants to save her kids. You know, perhaps they fight. I don't know, but the time stone is going to become come into play. I think a lot more than what has even been led on to and I kind of feel like they might tussle over that so we might get Avenger on Avenger action soon and I kind of hope we do because I kind of feel like that was a cool aspect of it between Iron Man and Captain America and now that that's no longer here you know, and you had that a little bit with Hulk and Thor, and they kind of worked that over. You know, now we're getting the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think Wanda, perhaps even a version of Vision, and Doctor Strange are going to be like they're at odds and ends with each other in a, in a sense. And and I kind of feel that that's that'll be cool. Um, and I kind of think if we're talking the multiverse, you got to throw in Spider-Man, even though he's not magical. Uh, I think Spider-Man might get into the mix as well. So it's fascinating. Uh, I, I liked WandaVision. Uh, it was a slow burn. But I think around episode four or five, it really picked up. Three or four or five. And then everybody was like, well, what's going to happen next? And and I had, a, I had a theory that I thought Thanos was going to show up, but... It, didn't show up but they kind of left it to the fact that and, and what I was mentioning before is that I still think Nick the, the original Nick Fury is up in space with the the scroll like ship up there that was in Captain Marvel that they that kind of got lost in translation uh, and so it kind of makes you wonder how many scroll are actually on Earth posing as sword or shield agents. Uh, and it kind of makes you wonder, like that was to me, that was a big that was a big little nugget there. Uh, I know the book that Wanda has uh, was also in from what my bro said from what I've seen online. Uh, was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and But Wanda has it now. It'd be kind of interesting to see if Agatha comes back and how she got a hold of it. And also what Wanda's going to gain from said book. Uh, and I wonder if Doctor Strange is going to intervene and try to take it from her. Um, seeing as if you've played Marvel Ultimate Alliance, you know that Doctor Strange is in a in the Sanctorum. He har he harvests or not doesn't harvest. He hoards all those magical fucking relics. So that's why I kind of think he's ultimately gonna him and Wanda are gonna tussle. They might even do a a, a two way tangle. And I wouldn't be surprised if she's heavily involved now in the multiverse of madness and it, it, she's brought front and center, or she has to help him, or. Something along those lines. And I kind of feel like that was... This was a good step. I mean... 
Say what you want about there not being a lot of action or not being, you know, as mind-blowing as you would think. But this is a good, this was a great, like, if they were to try to add this whole story into a Doctor Strange, it would have made, it would have made no sense. But now we got how she went from just being wanted. Now she's... I don't even think you can refer to her as Wanda. She's the Scarlet Witch now. Uh, obviously, they're not going to call her that. But she's still going to go by Wanda. But she's basically the Scarlet Witch. And is actually a Scarlet Witch now. And not just like how they were using her before. And I think that was a great like, like filler story. Of how she got to where she, she is now. And how I think she's going to be going forward. Uh, it was a great transition, uh, a transition for her. And I think she can imbue people with powers. So that's another, there's a lot to take into in WandaVision that I think they're going to pull little, little strings here and there along the way, uh, going forward, uh, with, with Marvel stuff. And, and I wouldn't be surprised too, if she becomes you know, a top Avenger now, now that Cap and Iron Man are both gone. I mean, you got to look at the, who's left. It's Thor. Thor's kind of out the picture as well. So she couldn't be probably a main player going forward. I think it's going to be Doctor Strange, uh, the Scarlet Witch, the Black Panther, whatever they do with that. And probably like, you know, Bucky and, you know, the Falcon. So that might be the Avengers going forward. Uh, and she's going to be a cornerstone, I think, going forward. So with that all said, uh, I enjoyed WandaVision. It was a short run, seven like seven weeks or six. I, they, the first two episodes came out. I think there was nine episodes altogether. So it was a eight-week run, a two-month affair. And... Uh, I think there's still one little nugget of episode to drop, but I'm not 100% certain of that yet. But yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I mean, it, the first two episodes I felt could have been one. Uh, but as it went on, I kind of got how they, they... They wanted people to watch it week, week in and week out, so... To me, that was like... It wasn't okay. It was okay for them to run... It was... Okay for them to run the way they ran. And um, I like the fact that Darcy came. And I think Darcy going to gain a little bit of magical powers. I think. Um, so that that's an interesting. That's interesting as well. Um, but yeah. I, I, like I said. I liked WandaVision. And uh, now that I know. Which magical route they're going. And her powers are now. Gonna go up to the 10th degree. It'd be interesting to see who can square up against her because you got to think about if she could, she was able to take Thanos pre this uh, elevation of her powers. I mean, they're going to have to really have a strong enemy at this point. And, then we, and, we, and I think that's why the multiverse is coming in because the Avengers are now like really, really strong. Not just physically, but also 
uh, ability-wise with Doctor Strange's ability, uh, Captain Marvel's abilities. Um, and I say actually Captain Marvel should be a, a cornerstone Avenger as well. Should be Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Wanda, perhaps uh, Falcon, Spider-Man. I mean, they, the Avengers still got... You know, some kick to them. It might not. They might not even be the Avengers anymore. It might be some other thing. Now the OG. You know, the Hulk is still there. So be interesting. Uh, interesting to see. I know the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming up, and as long as Disney Plus keeps pumping out these episodes, I'm gonna be tuning in. I right, like I said, I bought me the little bundle. I don't know if I mentioned that before. I bought me the little bundle, but I haven't really utilized much Hulu. Or ESPN Plus, but uh, I mean, I plan to. I've been, I actually watched uh, some stuff on Hulu, so. But with that said, let me wrap up the WandaVision talk before I segue over to One One Piece. Talk a little bit about One Piece, and then also, um, I watched Pacific Rim The Black, which I actually liked. And uh, Rick and Morty, maybe season four. So we'll touch on all that when I get back off of work. I just wanted to wrap up these last final thoughts before I lost my train of thought way later in the day. So hang tight once again. Okay, so I'm back again. Let's try to get this episode uh, like wrapped up and uh, in over with. So, as I was saying, I finished up what I think is the next major story arc of One Piece. uh, As I transition away from WandaVision. Which, by the way, watch. I I give it like solid 7 out of a 10. Um, But One Piece, I just finished up the Skypiea arc. Um... And that was a long motherfucker, man. Like, I think from where I left off, when I was talking to you guys about One Piece the last time, um, they had just finished beating up on um, Crocodile, one of the seven warlords of the sea, and they did all of that shit to get to him, and then they had to beat him, and they saved. Uh, Alabasta and that was the end of it now going forward they left Alabasta and they kind of were on a path but I don't think they really had a path and then a ship fell out the sky that was like hundreds of years old so they went and got a map and they found a map to to Skypia or Sky Island and they wanted that's where uh, Luffy wanted to go so at this point the team is pretty solid it's Usopp it's uh, Zoro it's Sanji it's Luffy Chopper and uh, Nami. Well, actually, actually, it's the Robins in there too. So it's Robin, Chopper, Nami, Sanji, 
you saw Luffy. I think there's seven of them. In Zoro. Rorona Zoro. Uh, so it's the seven of them. And they each got a different ability. Um, as I've explained before. But Robin's story. Uh, she's after the polygraphs. And she she was at a dead end. After leaving Alabasta. Like there was nothing. She was lost her way. But then she started getting wind. Of stuff, and eventually, when they when they try to find about find out about the Sky Island, Skypia, uh, they had come across another island, and that island they were gonna restock and refuel, but they ended up fucking around right there, and started fighting some of the local, some of the local dudes. And at this point, Luffy's got like, I think he's got hundred million berry wanted on his head. And he fights some dude that has spring for legs. <laughs> oh, that shit was kind of that shit was kind of dorky, but that guy they underestimated Luffy in in Zoro initially. But anyways, that was small fry. They ended up finding out about this guy named Nolan and how he was this great fibber or whatever. And that there was a city of gold. And Luffy was like, ooh, he wanted to go find the gold. But, you know, nobody had ever been there. And he was like, well, I'm going to sell around the ground line and I could find it. So they end up getting, they end up meeting some dude that has got a piece of the gold city. Which I think, in retrospect, fell from the sky and was in the bottom of the ocean. Or when the land lifted, which is what you end up finding out. I think it must have fell off at that point. Um, But anyways. The guy tells him there's a way to get to Sky Island. And they need a south bird and they need this and they need that. And eventually he sets them on their way. Uh, They have to ride... uh, uh, a shoot wave or whatever they call it and Robin it, everybody is kind of gung-ho about going at first but the, the journey up there is kind of dangerous so that's why I, I can see why not a lot of people attempted it um, and so they're riding this what seems like a geyser in the middle of the ocean um, they're riding the wave and they get up to they get up to which would be the sky with the, the top of the clouds but the top of the clouds is called the white white sea and, and where Luffy and the Grand Line is called the blue blue sea so they get up to the white white sea <laughs> and the very first they the very first thing they do is they run into uh, God and they run into a Shandian which I didn't know what they what it was initially, but now they're very powerful people, uh, almost godlike in a sense. The Shandians, I think, they, because they're up there, up there, they have like eternal life. So they run into them, and then they he says, "Well, they just wanted to, they wanted to go visit 
Skypeo or Sky Island is what they're calling it. And then, you know, Gon basically tells them how to get there. They're bouncing around that clouds. They can get off of the boat because the white, white sea is not, uh, it doesn't play by the rules as the blue, blue sea. And I, I was like, okay, so they're up there in the clouds. And then they get up to where they're going to go. They're going to ride. They're going to take this lobster ride up to Sky, the actual Sky Island. They do that. They immediately go into debt for doing that. Up in the Skypia's rules for that ride, it costs them money. And and there's really no way for them to pay back. Um, so they get they get up there, and then they they finally get to Sky Island, and everything's going peachy for a cool minute. They they got good food. Uh, everything's made out of clouds, so even the the sea or the the sand is soft. The chairs are soft. The beds are soft. There's no fighting going on. There's nothing. Uh, it's just like a, it's a perfect vacation spot for them. They. They spend a number of episodes, like, fucking around right there. Like, probably, like, three or four or five episodes. Uh, But then they tell, you know, and then they start, they tell them they can't go to a certain place up there. They don't know why. And so Luffy's, Luffy's like, he wants to go just because they told him he couldn't go. But Nami is actually the one that goes over there. On what is called uh, the wave. I don't know if it's called the wave runner or what they call it. Right off the top of my head. But it runs on these dials. Which is the dials have like certain properties to them. As far as like you could have a wind dial. You could have a flame dial. You could have a a speech dial. You could have a phone dial. The dials are kind of like. They're kind of like cell phones but they work on a number of different things. Uh, so they got the dials and, and then they end up fixing the little wave runner and Nami's like cruising the entire ocean and she's the one that actually goes over to this island to the actual Sky Island and discovers like the Shandians and these other people are like squabbling. Uh, at which point, the little vacation that Luffy and everybody is on starts going south and everybody starts turning on them. And at which point is when the story really starts to unfold. The Skypea story basically is that Eniru is the god of Sky, Skypea, Skylands, everything. And He's a god of thunder, like kind of like Thor. And actually, he's got a move called El Thor. And basically, he runs the shit up there. And Gonson was the old go- was the old god, but he uh, he got kicked out by Eniru. At which point, um, the story progresses further. Eniru's in charge of the island. He's in charge of the two islands up there. And basically, the Shand- you find out that these, these people called the Shandians, that's their homeland that they were 
shot up in the original shoot, the water shoot, half of the island that turned out to be the island that Luffy and them originally started on the bottom in the blue blue sea, there was half of an island. And the other half is up in the white white sea. Up, It just shot up there. Uh, but in order to access this island, they set up a number of like just obstacles to even get in there. Uh, the Shandians are trying to get, they, but the Shandians set up a lot of the obstacles because they didn't want uh, the sky people like anywhere near their island. And then there was a, a like a little war broke out as to who actually controlled the islands. It just is very hard to get into. Now, Anadu had these, I think they're, I don't know what they were called, but he had like four or five guards that defended that island as well. And they were at a constant battle with the Shandians. But they're, they're, they're fighting each other. And actually, Wiper, who's... Uh, he comes. He's like the leader of the Shandians, or he's their warrior. He ends up fighting some of those people, and you know they they kind of go back and forth. There's just not a clear winner to who was who would win what. But enter Luffy and company, and they're they get kind of sucked into these fucking trials that they had. Like you could do the fucking. Iron trial, the bubble trial, and they get sucked into this whole maze of things, and they get separated. Um, and then they get reunited in the middle. But basically, you know, before this episode, because I, I mean it was long. Uh, Robin finds out that there's ancient ruins there, and it holds a key to the polygraphs that she's looking for. So she's Immediately intrigued. Luffy knows that there's a city of gold up there somewhere. Uh, and Nami is like interested in the gold as well. Usopp is interested. Everybody's interested in the gold. Meanwhile, Anadu is kind of like overseeing everything and he really makes himself present when he. I guess he had this whole plan hatched out that after so many years they were going to build him a ship that could fly and it was powered by electricity, powered by himself basically. And it was just completed and so he was, he surrounded the island and he had, he was playing, supposedly he was playing a game but he was trying to window down to like the, to the ten strongest people or the five strongest people to see who would Cruise the world with him and that's what he was doing the entire time uh, it ends up being uh, Wiper Zoro, Nami Robin and Sanji are like the five people that make it meanwhile I think uh, Luffy and a couple of people are inside this snake the story is so is so goddamn long, but anyways, let me get 
Flash forward a little bit more. Andrew, he fucks with, you know, the whole Luffy crew, the whole Straw Hat crew, and uh, Luffy takes offense to that. And so does Nami, and so does Sanji, and a lot of people take offense to it. And then he, you find out that his ultimate plan was, he plans on ruling the entire world, and he was gonna strike down anybody who from from his ship he was just gonna lightning bolt the shit out of him like and there was no you couldn't actually he couldn't be beat by any by anybody because he's electricity but um that was his plan and he kind of reveals it and Luffy and them like you know Luffy's like no you're not gonna do this and they confront each other and Enidu like sends out a fucking bolt of lightning and it does nothing to Luffy then he finds out Luffy is rubber and even though Enidu is like he's got no apparent weakness and he's got no no nobody that could actually stand up to him outside of Luffy uh was in the way you know they've they figured that out like he he has no natural enemies but he's got a counter and that's luffy and luffy ends up putting the putting the work on him a little bit actually when luffy finally meets andrew it's a, and it takes a while like there's a long time before they actually meet um he, they know immediately yeah i knew immediately i was like yo this this motherfucker's numbers his time is numbered. I knew once once they finally meet that it was getting close to the end because all Luffy had to do was just be near him, and he was it was game match set. It was over. And uh, eventually, he ends up beating Enidu, and he fucking fucks him up. And he saves Skypia. Now, mind you, now this takes over. I want to say at least 60, 70 episodes. Maybe more. I mean, I was watching it for a cool minute. Maybe even about 80 episodes. Um, There's a lot that goes in there. Um, Konish Chan is a big player in there for a minute. Anidu, they got uh, Wiper. And they 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 did like three episodes of the backstory of how the Shandians and, you know, came to be. And Cog... Kalgara was like the main chief warrior who Wiper wanted to be. Uh, and then he ended up sacrificing his life. They showed uh, Nolan in his story and how he ended up dying for the cause. Uh, they showed they show the dials in a little bit more, you know... In a little bit more detail, they show the, the war between the Shandians, and there's also the the, the trials that happened. Um, and it looked like Luffy and the company were going to get beat immediately, but they did. They ended up surviving. Uh, Chopper was fucked up most of the time. Zoro was fucked up most of the time. Nami was the only one that wasn't really fucked up most of the time. Um, but Ro- you know what? In Robin, they started showing off a little bit more of Robin's abilities. Yeah, I gotta say, Robin probably squares up with Luffy really, really close. Of all the people that is surrounding Luffy, I think she's 
the most capable of taking him out. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think she could. Uh, and not that I don't think she will at one point, but I think she could. She could take. She could take Luffy. Um, I don't know if that's ever shown in future episodes, but my money's on Robin. Uh, just because she can fuck up Luffy, and even though he can stress, she can pin him down and and subdue him. I remember she's probably the strongest member on his crew, so I'm. That's why I'm led to believe, like, well, you know what? She probably she probably is stronger than Luffy. now. Luffy's got a lot of heart, but I, I and they haven't shown Robin's uh, motivation totally yet or they haven't really she hasn't really been flustered to the point where that Luffy's gotten where like you know it's do or die she's kind of been like skirting the scenario a little bit but I think overall her ability is actually her flower ability is pretty optimal against mostly everybody not Enidu but I mean she could I think she could take Luffy so that's beyond the point um gone in his horse his horse bird whatever <laughs> that was kind of interesting then they had they had uh they had several other characters that made some some sort of splash here and there the WB patrol I, I don't know if it was a or the the patrol there was a couple of um other characters that had that had a shiny moment for a little bit uh, but basically, Luffy and them, they overcome it. And and Anadu, even though he was lighting, and he had, his plan was really devious. He was going to destroy the entire white weight scene, sail the world, and just shoot everybody from the sky when nobody was going to be able to touch him. And he was, in, in effect, going to be the ruler of the world. Uh, but he just so happened to run into Luffy, and that was a bad matchup for Anadu, just straight up. Like his powers literally could do nothing to Luffy, like not even scratch him. He was no he nulled and devoided his entire his entire game plan. And Luffy was able to beat him in about ten to twelve episodes, like through and through. And they only scrapped they only scrapped probably a total of like twice or three times. Uh they didn't scrap very long. So but that's where I'm at in One Piece. I finished all of that. Now they're fucking around. They fell out the sky. They saved all the sky people. They fell out the sky. And basically, Goldie Roger had already been to Sky Island. And he actually... He's probably doing the same thing that Robin is doing. He's fucking around with the polygraph. So I'm not exactly sure. They got to get back. There's a lot of stuff going on in one piece that I'm like well I wonder if they're ever going to get back to this or get back to that the smoke uh, the, they just landed in the navy headquarters but uh, the girl that Zoro is kind of into with the swords that's on the navy I don't know if they're ever going to get back to her Smoker Captain Smoker um, I don't know if they're ever going to get back to him Ace is still out there Luffy's brother I don't know if they're going to they mentioned the the Whitebeard and the Blackbeard Pirates. Uh, there's the Seven Warders. Now there's six. There's, there's that little nugget. There's this Polinographs. There's 
Uh, now that we now, now I know there's a, like a fourth type of person. There's the humans, which are, I think Enidu was calling the, I don't know what he was calling them. There's this, I think the Xeon types, which are the man that can transform to animals. There's whatever type that is um, Enidu that can morph his body into a certain thing that's not an animal. Like he could, Enidu can transform his body into electricity and take different shapes. And then there, I think there. What other type is there that? Um, there's, there's, there's a. Oh, and then there's the, uh, the fucking. Uh, I can't think of what they were called. Uh, the guy who he first fought and that to free Nami. I can't freaking fucking for. I don't remember. The shark. I think there were shark people or the fish people. <laughs> So there's a lot going there's a lot going on in one piece and I and I'm like wondering if they're ever gonna get back to some of this shit. Um But that's what I kinda like about it. Like they, they could literally go on they could probably spend like a hundred episodes trying to wrap up some loose details, but I don't think they are. I don't think that's the kind of show that does that. But either way, um I'm up to there. I finished up Skype yet. And Andrew actually Luffy beat him, but he ended up fucking flying off. I think to the moon. So Andrew might make a comeback, just like most of the people that Luffy's fought: Captain Buggy, Andrew. Uh, you got fucking um, the dude with the claws for hands. Uh, I don't know. It's not Kira. I forgot what his name was. Uh, the dude with the axe for a hand. I mean, like literally every one of. Luffy's opponents lives like they hardly any of them die, but he whips their ass. So then they got like, I guess they're gonna, I guess that's another little nugget of them. But actually, Crocodile, I think Crocodile did die. Um, or Luffy just whipped it, whipped his ass. No, he, I think he did die. Um, because they were looking for a new war, uh, war, warlord of the sea. Um, and I don't know if they're ever going to get back to that. So that's where I'm at. I finished up the Skypea. I'm a, I'll sprinkle one piece in here and there as I watch it more and more. Like I said, I'm down near 200 episodes in. I've got like 700 more to go. So I'm a little bit more than a fifth the way there. Like about a quarter of the way almost. So I'm chugging along. It's gonna take me like another year or so, at least, maybe even a year and a half before I catch all the way up. But that's that. Let me switch topics. Let me talk about Rick and Morty for a second. Rick and Morty season four was not as good as Rick and Morty seasons two and three. Uh, I like what they did though with Rick and Morty. Um, I felt that. They involved a little bit more of the family into the episodes. Uh, and my favorite character, Rick and Morty, is Jerry. Uh, they're always dogging on Jerry, but Jerry to me is the funniest motherfucker. Um, the best episode on season four, if I gotta give an episode that I thought was the best, uh, probably. To me, it's a toss-up of 
I like the one where it shows Morty and he's got the fucking like the do-over button where they make him a game controller that can control live. That was a pretty good episode. I, I felt that that was a good episode. Also the one with um, where they're going camping with Jerry's supposed to take them camping and they end up on another planet and they, uh, they find out that Rick may or may not have impregnated Gaia and they got kids. Uh, that was a good episode. But overall, I thought the season was kind... And I actually thought they were going to talk about... See, there was a overall a reoccurring theme in, I think, seasons 1, 2, and 3 where they were chasing, like, a phantom, an evil Morty. They never got back to him. Uh, in the, the Ricks, the capital of Ricks, uh, they never kind of got back to that either. They never finished it entirely. Uh, so maybe that'll be season five. Which I don't know when that's coming out. I didn't bother to look. But I, I kind of liked all the little... Like they had Elon Musk. I liked a lot of little little cameos. A little, a lot of the little things that they... Had. Rick and Morty, if you watch it through, you, you notice certain things. Like they had that Birdman come back. That, that was kind of cool. He fought Rick for a little bit. Uh, but I, I didn't think season four was as good as seasons two and three when I was like, oh, this is kind of like a really good show. Like, I can get into it. Or maybe it was just so long I didn't, you know, been what I crammed a million more other shows into it. Into the time span between when I watched season three and season four. Uh, that could possibly be a reason why. But overall, it was okay. I mean, it just wasn't as good as I thought as seasons two and three. Like, to me, Rick, uh, Morty's Mindbenders was a phenomenal episode. And there's nothing that tops that in season four. Not even close. As a matter of fact, I think they tried it with uh, Morty's game controller that could save his spot in real life. <laughs> and he could start over. Um... But that that was close, but not it wasn't totally it. Now, I would if you if you like Rick and Morty, I would watch season four. Season four, I mean, it was an okay watch. I just didn't think it was all of that and the bag of chips like how it used to be, how I remember it. But it was worth the watch. Now, moving on, I'm gonna wrap this up with just a little bit of talk about Pacific Rim: The Black. Uh, it's only seven episodes on Netflix. I watched it like all. I watched it all yesterday. It was only they're only like twenty minute episodes, so it was only like an hour and a half of cartoon roundabout. Um, hour and forty minutes or whatever. Hundred and forty minutes is that an hour and forty minutes closer to two hours worth of television? Why am I saying hour and a half? It, it's seven episodes. It's like. 20 some odd minutes long and that's it uh I liked it um this is again this is a a Netflix original so it's got the same kind of graphics that Blood of Zeus got and also uh Castlevania so the graphics visually it's phenomenal and also I kind of felt that um there was enough kaijin, enough action to keep you interested. There's a lot of story into it. So I mean it's not all kaiju, it's not it's not all kaiju, it's not all Jaegers. 
there's actually only a few major kaiju in the whole thing. There's probably like um like three major kaijus in the whole thing, and that's it. Uh, but they actually they kind of explain some things that I think were lacking in the fur in both Pacific Rims the movies. Maybe it's not lacking in the in the genre altogether because they had to get the idea from somewhere. This is not a completely made up genre of things. This is something that has been going on for a while that I'm barely getting into. But uh, the war between Jaegers and Kaiji had already happened. Basically, Australia was off limits, and uh, the story picks up. Basically, and I'm not going to run through the whole story because it's still kind of fresh. But basically, the Jaegers and Kaiju had already fought. And then they kind of stopped. Uh, but Copperhead is left over. He's like a remnant of the Kaiju days. Kaiju was kind of dormant. Uh, he gets activated when the kids of the parents that initially made an exodus out of Sydney took them to some outback place to live like off the land and that's where they stayed uh, the parents went back to go do something but they ended up getting lost and I think they die they don't say conclusively 100% but I'm almost positive they die but I wouldn't be surprised if they showed up in season 2 um, anyways they turn on this Jaeger and it kind of basically alerts Copperhead and Copperhead comes in Fuck up. Oh. Oh, fucks up the entire village where these kids were staying. And it kills everybody but these two kids who are brother and sister. And um, basically, they they find a, a Jaeger, but he's with no weapons. And like literally all they could do is just a big-ass bot that can hand-to-hand combat. So they, they get that handicap initially. Uh, as the little series goes, they come across these people who are like, they're dealing in kaiju material and also Jaeger material. And this is dude, I think his name is Blake. He's in charge of this girl named May, M-E-I. And they're looking for these power cells and power cells are for power years or whatnot um at which point at some point they find out about this kid they find this kid that's in this fucking base that's left over from the pd ppdc or whatever it's called um they uh they find and they give him the name boy <laughs> i don't know why they were calling him boy but they're calling him boy and um, he is I guess he's an experiment I mean from the kaiju experimental lab I don't know it's really hard to say what he is uh, but basically he uh, they find him and they like start watching him. Now he's also um, 
as you turn to find out, he's he's also he's got he ends up being a kaiju, but he's in a human form. So I don't know if he can switch back. Uh, I don't know if he was a weapon created. I don't know what he is exactly. They don't get too much into detail, but basically, they they resurrect this Jaeger. They do drift. They drift with the number of people and the the compatibility with the drifts in different people is really minimal. So, May ends up drifting with the main dude. And they're compatible. And the main dude and the sister are compatible as well. So, they got that. But basically, because um, the story shows short, they end up meeting up with this fucking hybrid kaiju mech a hybrid kaiju Jaeger mix this thing called Apex and he's a cross between obviously he's a cross between a kaiju and a Jaeger but he was the sole reason why Australia was dormant of both kaiju and Jaegers Uh, he's not good nor bad he was just kind of there like gatekeeping the entire island and he helps the main characters Jaeger he gives him a weaponized arm which comes in handy later but long story short they uh they end up beating Copperhead Fucking send a nuke into his ass and blows his ass up. The boy turns out to be a kaiju. Uh, they never get back to Apex. But the little kaiju and the little people that are, are helping the little kaijus, like these little dog things, uh, I guess they have been waiting for boy to show up eventually. And that's where we're kind of left on that kind of a cliffhanger. So. I don't know. It was really short. Like I, I was expecting it to be a little bit longer, maybe a little bit more action. But I thought it was okay. If you if you like Pacific Rim and you like Kaiji, I think it's a good watch. Uh, I I skipped over a ton of shit, but I, it's because it was so short. I mean, there's, there's hardly much to overskip. Uh, but there, it seems like there's gonna be a season two. So hopefully it does well enough to where there's a season two and. You know, I'll watch season two of it, but I already watched season one. And I don't know if I would rewatch season one too much. Uh, but with that said, I mean, it, it's a good watch. I'd probably give it like a six out of a ten, maybe six and a half. I'll, I'll just, and the only reason I would go give it that low is because it's so short. Like, by the time the story gets good, it gets really good, it's over. Like, it just the shortness of it is kind of hinders it a little bit. They could have gone 10 episodes, in which I don't know why they didn't, but they could have gone... They could have showed a little bit more of Apex, and they left They left a lot, like, open. But I, I liked it. I mean, I thought it was okay. So, that's going to do for this episode. I think on the next episode, I'm going to review an album uh, that I've been listening to, and I can't get over it now. So, we might do an album review next week. And, uh... We'll talk a little bit about that. But on this episode, that's it. Watch WandaVision. Uh, I give it two thumbs up. Big Big implications on the MCU going forward. Uh, 
Uh, Anadu, I just finished that. Skypia, you know, Rick and Morty Season 4. If you haven't seen Rick and Morty Season 4 or Rick and Morty in general, I, I recommend Rick and Morty in general. It's a pretty good show. Uh, and also Pacific Rim The Black. If you haven't seen it on Netflix, watch it too. It's pretty, it's solid. Uh, it's definitely shorter than Castlevania and um, Blood of Zeus, which they gave a little bit more episodes. I think those got 10 episodes per uh, but that's it for this episode because this episode is kind of long so I'm going to end it here and uh, I'll catch you guys next week I'm out